Hi, I'm Chris Oliver, Chief Executive at Lancashire and South Cumbria NHS Foundation Trust. Welcome to my podcast. Each episode, I speak to inspirational colleagues to bring listeners an insight into the variety of mental health, learning disability, autism, and community services provided by the Trust. Hear firsthand what it's like to work on the front line of our NHS. This is In Conversation with the CEO. So it's great today to be joined by Shaysta Salim, who's one of our CBT therapists within our Talking Therapies team, based in our Pennine network. So great to, to meet you, Shaysta. Hi, uh, Chris. And it'd be great. You've only ju- you've been in the NHS in, in our trust for about a year and a half. That's your first entry into the NHS. Just talk to us about what made you want to come to the NHS and a bit about your role. Okay, thanks for having me on today. I was really looking forward to this podcast. So I suppose my journey started in psychotherapy, working within the NHS from January um, 2022. So before that, prior to that, I was working as a social worker and I've also worked as a university lecturer and in primary teaching. Now, what initiated my journey towards psychotherapies, and in particular with the NHS, was in in October 2020, my father passed away from COVID, um, which was quite a difficult time as a community um, and just as a family as well. The grieving process was very complicated. Yeah. Now that prompted um, a certain some a certain kind of energy within me where I felt like I needed some to do something to help the community to overcome some of the mental health challenges that they were facing. Yeah. Now COVID was just something that kind of resurfaced those inequalities. We knew that that was happening all along. There's decades of research that says that people from the Black, Asian, ethnic minorities experience racial uh, and mental health inequalities more than any other um, ethnicity out there. Yeah. Okay. So I then just decided to apply for the trainee uh, CBT post. Um, I was quite surprised uh, and taken back when I was offered uh, an opportunity to train. So I started in January. Um, and from there onwards, I just kind of continued with my journey to um, become now a qualified, accredited CBT therapist. That's fantastic. And, and yeah. out of such a horrendous life event of, of losing your father to, to come and want to, to join in, to, to, into the NHS and LSEFT is, is fantastic. So, so yeah. thank you for that. You talked about talking therapies and mm-hmm. nationally um, our talking therapies services have just been rebranded into talking therapies from, from IAPT. Uh, do you want to talk to us a bit about what talking therapies means to you and, and your role? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the IAPT uh, service was first established in 2008 um, and that was established as a, as a way of, uh, by the Labour government at that time, where they found that there was a lot of people out there who were experiencing significant mental health illnesses. And as a result, that was having a massive impact on social uh, and economic, uh, economic factors. Um, so therefore, the government invested a lot of money and a lot of um, skills and expertise to develop a a team, a psychological team, for them to be able to create a service uh, across the country that will be able to support people um, with their mental health illness. So um, the rebranding took place in May this year. Uh, So it was formerly known as, some teams were known, our team was known as Minds Matter. So the rebranding took place in May. Um, and as a result of that, it's now it's called NHS Talking Therapies and it's got a tagline for anxiety and depression. And it's a service where 
people can self-refer mm -hmm. over the telephone, online, and can be referred by the GP. And you will then be offered a, an assessment. So anybody over the age of 16 um, and, and in South Cumbria, I think it's over the age of 18, will be accepted for a referral. Um, a telephone assessment will take place and then they'll be able to assess whether the person is suitable for the type of therapy. We have a range of therapies in our service. So we've got counselling, we have CBT, we have IPT therapy as well, interpersonal therapy um, and EMDR service as well. Um, practitioners who are qualified in, in that to, to be deliver that. Really, the purpose of the, the service is to be able to treat mild to moderate mental health illness um, within um, the community and within uh, NHS talking therapies. Fab. And, and we know within the, the communities within Lancashire and South Cumbria, we're really lucky to have really diverse communities, but we know that some of the, our communities, especially our um, BAME um, communities, the inequalities is, is, is there. Um, you've been needing a specific piece of work around addressing inequalities. How, how have you done it because around that um, accessing of mental health services and some of the stigma mm. that's seen with with accessing mental health services can you just talk us about yeah, that yeah of course work? um i think first of all it's important to mention that one in four people across the, um, the country will experience mental health illness yeah. at some point in their in their lives um and some of the research shows that almost 61 percent of those people won't actually come forward to access therapies now that, that's regardless of your your you know diverse ethnic um you yeah. know background um and and also 71 percent of those people will be very reluctant to go up to the employer and say i have a problem because of, of the you know the stigma and obviously there's there's some worrying concern about some of the negative impact that's going to have whether they're able to perform their job or not yeah. now when we look at the statistics uh, from the the black asian ethnic minority community we find that um it was quite interesting actually and, and quite sad as well if i'm honest to to kind of look at the research saying that for women who are from the BAME communities they are four times more at risk of um, of dying through childbirth yeah. compared to the white counterparts. Okay, there is more risk of people from women from the Pakistani backgrounds or the Indian background to be be, be committing suicide. So they are much higher risk compared to the white counterparts. Um, and people who are black will be detained in the mental health institutes under the Mental Health Act four times more than the person who is from a white ethnicity. It's a real problem Pro here. Yeah. And from my experience of having to cope with the grief during COVID, that became really transparent. Okay. Um, and there was lots of national um, news and, and papers that have come out saying that actually there is a problem here. Now, there is, there has been a barrier for people from the BAME community accessing the service. Yeah. And the research within the IAPT last year also published a report saying that People from the BAME communities will not access psychotherapies okay. um, or are less likely to access psychotherapies and the GPs are less likely to refer them to psychotherapies as the first treatment protocol for mental health illness. Okay. So I suppose we kind of know about some of those inequalities. Yeah. Coming from a social work background, all that was quite apparent to me as well. Yeah. And as a social worker, um, many social workers out, with, out there, and I suppose people who work within the trust are very passionate about social justice yes. uh, and, and equity and fairness in terms of access to treatment and, and, and the choice of care yeah, that they totally. receive. So I suppose 
for me, I then decided, okay, I understand that those facts are there, that research is there. What can we do about this? So I joined the BAME champion role in April this year, okay. which um, was fantastic. Um, but from there, I had this vision of, okay, what can we do as clinicians here to kind of understand what those barriers are? So one of the most effective ways, and I call it action research, is to go out on the grounds and actually go into these communities where people um, feel safe in their environments and to talk to them yeah. about psychotherapies. So that's how the journey towards making access, uh, psychotherapy accessible came about within my role and within the team that I'm working in. That's fantastic. And we, we know we've had our own reports done around how we are interacting with, with our our real diverse communities and, and we're, we're, we don't get it right all the time. So it's really important, I suppose. One of our, our trust values is we're always learning, isn't it? And, and how do we, so the work that you've done within the Pennine, how do we then make sure that this gets rolled out? Because this sounds like absolutely the practice that we should be doing and, and getting into communities and and being that that bridge that, that people so that people talk about good mental health and it's absolutely fine to talk about mental health. And mm. how, if we've got colleagues that are listening into now around how some of the, I suppose, the, the pitfalls or some of the learning that you've mm. taken through from your journey, how, what would they be, be now? Um, I suppose if I share some of the work that we've been doing, so myself and my colleague Hina Ayub, we work in the Burnley team uh, and we've been massively supported by our managers, uh, Chloe um, and Catherine and also uh, Sophia and Katri. They've, they've been great, on this from, from the beginning. And I have to massively say thanks to my, my supervisor, Emma, because she's always made me believe when, even, when I've not believed in myself. Yeah. So it's important Fantastic. to say that. So your team, like you said, is, is really important. Yeah. Your team is what makes any kind of work a success right that that's how i those are my beliefs and i think that is actually what's happening here yeah. so the work that i've done is we have been since april since may sorry this year up until um actually did a, a little uh, forecast kind of just a review of what the work that we've been doing so we have been out into the community so that includes the mosques children's centers schools um, and we have been delivering 90 minute workshops interactive workshops which have been culturally and at some point spiritually adapted yeah, from a clinical fantastic. perspective to help them understand that actually from a cultural perspective also from a spiritual perspective seeking help for your mental well-being is an important thing yeah. it, if anything is an act of worship Okay, Fantastic. so I think when you are working with diverse communities, it's important to meet them where they're at. Yeah. So we've been in delivering, myself and Hina, have been delivering 90-minute workshops, one each month. Okay, and well, actually, we've been, a, bit, we've been a sneaky. Yeah, so yeah, group okay. workshops. Okay. So the largest group workshop that we had was at a local mosque, and 90 women attended that att at that Fantastic. event. And that was on a Sunday. So I get some, you know, uh, clinicians will be like, oh, you know, it's working on a Sunday. But again, it's like, let's meet people where they're at, yeah. where we know they're going to be able to, you know, attend, and it's, it's yeah. there. So 90-minute workshop, talking about depression, anxiety, again, culturally adapting the material. Yeah. Um, now, as you know, I've been a lecturer in the past, so I, I didn't just kind of talk. We had a lot of group work going on. Fantastic. So we gave them scenarios. So trying to manage, we, we were actually really um, in awe looking at how many people attended that. So awesome. trying to work out how to deliver a group work with 90 women was a bit of a task, yeah. but we did it. We did it. It was great. So from those uh 
workshops, what we're finding is that we have engaged, actually connected with 239 women in five months, um, just having that delivery of 90-minute workshop. And then we've also been increasing the referrals into the service because they are now interested. They don't, most, 92% of these women don't know that the service exists. Yes. So that's something that comes working on, something that yeah. we're working on as a team. So that's it. So this is the whole drive behind it. Let's get out there. Let's show people out there what we have to offer so that we don't reach that crisis point and we can hold them in a safe space yeah. within the NHS so that, you know, it's equity, isn't it? It's that fairness. Uh, it's fantastic. So it, it is exciting. It's I really, I yeah, really I am. Excited I'm really about excited about it. I have been really excited. And that's what keeps me going. And the feedback that we've had from these um, women and these, these community leaders has been really quite you know, uh, phenomenal, actually. They've actually been coming to us. So we've got four other projects lined up already. People have been like, oh, can you can you attend this? Can you attend this? And then obviously that has to go through to my manager. If we have yeah. capacity, we're, we're able to kind of deliver those. So the idea is that, yes, let's deliver as much as we can. So 239 women we've reached. Now, that's not just 239 women. Those women will go that's to their families. That's what I was just thinking it, of myself, It's, yeah. you know, that... that Real ripple of positive yeah. effect, isn't it? And and that's what it's about. And not only that, we've networked with 60 organisations um, by attending these uh, promotional events that they might have, have to offer. Um, so um, the health mailer that's going on, I think you were at the Chai Centre, weren't you? I was just going to yes. ask about, so have you been running um, anything from the Chai yes, Centre? Yes, absolutely. Brilliant. So we have got a clinic now based at the Chai Centre. Um, and so we've got some counsellors working from there. And we have got in the pipeline um, the delivery of a wellbeing course, which is currently, I'm looking at it with Hina, to culturally adapt it, the material. So we're able to deliver it in, in Urdu Punjabi. So most of these sessions that we go into... I'm speaking in Punjabi and Urdu, um, so it's a it's a whole buzz of energy. It really feels like we're taking the trust and the services into the community Absolutely. and making them community um, relevant, relevant yeah. for the, each community, which is yeah. so important. Yeah. The community is our strength, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, really? absolutely. We, well, without the community, we're, we're, we're nothing. Are we? we are. Yeah, that's what absolutely. we're here absolutely to provide and, services for. And this whole rhetoric of, and I've mentioned this when I was interviewed for the uh, the article that we did on the Shine magazine, that these communities are hard to reach. I uh, that doesn't sit right with no, me. No, I agree. You know, yeah. and and I think that's a very deficit way of looking at it. I mean, the communities are out there, and we are. I'm quite fortunate. And we need to are. change our approach of how Absolutely. we reach. Absolutely, and we are totally. doing, Chris. Yeah. We are doing, and I think that's what's been really good about working in the team that I'm in is that everybody's very supportive of the work that's going on, and Fantastic. it's it's helping us just kind of move along and think. Yes, there's there's so I have this whole vision. So just imagining. So the idea is by April yeah. 2024, we've got this target, and I like targets, yeah, you know. <laughs> I like targets, yeah. Good. Uh, to reach up to 500 people from the, the ethnic minorities. And I'm thinking, well, we have nine teams across LSCFT. Yeah. Just imagine if that was 500 people and other, pe- other teams were able to kind of replicate some of that work. Now, I'm not very good with math, so you might have to help me out here. Right, okay. <laughs> Putting you on lot. the spot. <laughs> So if it's 500 people, so let's just say, and that's nine teams, that will probably be, I've got figures here. Just let me have a look at my figures. Um, So, yeah, I think that would be 4,500 people if we all work collectively on it. It's fantastic. It's it's an 
it's an aim to work to, isn't it? Absolutely. It absolutely is and something to galvanize, I think, our, our talking therapy team. And then seeing that ripple further from talking therapies into our community absolutely. teams, our physical health teams, as well as our, our, our yeah. mental health team. So it's yeah. earlier on, um, you mentioned around being the BAME champion. Yes. Just talk to me a bit about what that means to you and why that's so important for you. The BAME champion role, we've got champion roles across the trust. And that's not just for for the uh, BAME representation. We've got people who are there for long-term conditions, for safeguarding. So the trust has a certain... created this title where you attend these groups, these meetings, and you look at the, um, the the criteria that we've got working with. So, for example, we work with the BAME champion roles. We we're looking at the positive uh, guide practice to see right. how we are. Are we meeting the national guidelines? Are we delivering these um, the therapy um, reflective of the community yes. or is there a barrier here so all the champions will mm-hmm. have their own set criteria that okay. they work with we meet once a month uh, online um, and a fantastic team that we've got and and like I said me and Hen have taken the lead on just the outreach work okay. um, but there are um, f- we've got an amazing team where we are looking at the interpretation material we're looking at you know looking working with comms to try and get the message out there in, in different ways um to say that actually in translated in different ways maybe some videos so there's lots of work going on in the background and oh, it's an amazing team absolutely and, that, and we amazing. talked about ripples early that's rippling out that work across the organization so absolutely. much wider than just talking therapies as well Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So and it, so we, I think ten of us actually from different localities that join together. So it's okay. not just the Pennine team here. We've got other teams who are coming together for this meeting, led by Katri, um, and, and supported by Katri as well, which is a clinical lead. So it's it's going in the right direction. Totally brilliant. That's really good. Yeah. And we were talking just before we we started the the podcast that you've been um, you're a finalist in our our this year's Time to Shine Awards. Yes. So. You know, and I can absolutely see why you are um, a finalist. So I I wish you the best for for the awards night, which is coming up later in in middle of November. Um, So it's it's just been fantastic, Chaster, talking to you about the services you're providing, the the transition into the NHS, and and you feel like that this is it feels listening to you that this you've really found a vocation in this and, and and bringing that that link to communities is just absolutely amazing and your passion and drive is infectious it's fantastic yeah, thank um, you yes it's, yeah um, really humble chatting to you i think it's fantastic what you do thank you so much chris for having me on perfect take care thank you bye bye <laughs>